Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. I was in a Hobby Lobby this week, which, uh, yes, um, is not the whole story, although that could be a story in and of itself, I suppose, right? I was in a Hobby Lobby this week, and, uh, you know, as you do, I was texting pictures to Jess of all the things I was looking at, like what should I get, which one, which, you know, I just, people trying to shop around me. I was clearly in the way and, uh, and you know, it, it is what probably sweating a little bit because I was anxious and, uh, and I had a thought, I had a, uh, an unsettling thought as uh, I was, you know, in the Hobby Lobby. I shared it with Jess and I'll share it with you this morning. It occurred to me in that moment that uh, I, I thought, this, this, was, this was the thought I had, how can I possibly feel the, the, the same feelings I feel uh, in, in a Hobby Lobby, how can I possibly feel those same feelings in the Home Depot, right? Okay? It occurred to me there's no place for me in the world, right? Like, uh, you know, like I, I felt, I was like the same sort of overwhelming, like out of my depth, what am I doing in here feeling uh, hits me. Uh, hits me in the Hobby Lobby every time, uh, regardless of the worship music in the background that is meant to calm and assuage those fears, right? I still feel it, uh, but that same notion uh, hits me in, in the Home Depot every, every time, every time. My children refuse to go with me because I get in an aisle and I freeze. I'm paralyzed with uh, indecision, like what? I don't know what I need, and it occurs to me reading uh, the story that Aaron read for us this morning, this moment in uh, John's gospel, that, that this feels like a feeling that, that is coming through in the lives of Jesus' disciples. This kind of out of our depth feeling. We hear it, as we'll see in just a moment, some of the questions they ask him. Uh, they're, they're having this conversation. They're, they're just coming out of the Last Supper, communion. Jesus has washed their feet. These beautiful moments as John's gospel turns to just the final days and uh, leading to the cross and the resurrection. But in this, in this space, I, I feel like it, I find some solace in the fact that I'm like, oh, these guys feel the way I feel to a much more intense degree, I'm sure in the Home Depot and the Hobby Library, this feeling of just being out of their depth. Like, I thought I knew what I needed. I thought I knew what was going on. I am clearly uh, uh, out of touch. Like, I, I just don't know where this is headed. And, and I, I find that uh, helpful for me and hopefully for you as we step into uh, a, a phrase from from. Uh, Jesus in John's gospel here that is probably familiar to many of us. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. And, and, but when I start with maybe this feeling that the disciples are feeling, I think it helps me step into that um, statement from Jesus in a slightly different way because I, I'll suggest to you, again, this, I've already been vulnerable. You guys have been very gracious. <laughs> you can pray for me. I'll, you know, get therapy about the way I feel about Home Depot but, uh, and, and Hobby Lobby. Uh, but uh, again, to in another sort of moment of transparency, I, I, I think often when I hear this phrase from Jesus, when I have heard it, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. I, I think we tend to go a couple of places, uh, or I do, right? And one of them is what I hear Jesus saying, right? So Aaron read for us, he's like, don't be, don't be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm coming back, and, and thanks to the King James uh, a version, which is beautiful. Uh, what, what, what we hear Jesus saying here is, uh, Jesus is saying, I'm the way. Uh, Jesus is the way to my mansion in glory, right? 
Uh, that language of mansions here and, and older, uh, you know, again, the King James and my father's house, you know, in my in mansions, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That, that what I hear, when I hear Jesus say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Oftentimes I think the way I have heard that is, man, Jesus is the way to my mansion in glory. In, in, in the sense of like, like it's some kind of heavenly HGTV home reno show, right? Like, like Jesus is sort of going to go really, you know, I, who are the famous people that are remaking homes? I, I can't remember the names. The Gaineses, there you go. Others, right? That Jesus is sort of remodeling this sort of future home for us in a way that like, oh man, will be uh, beautiful and, and glorious. I, I feel like maybe I'm coming in hard on like the Home Depot and Home Reno and Hobby Lobby. I didn't mean anything by any of that if those are spaces that you guys really enjoy. Uh, but, but I think that's one way we, we tend to hear it. Uh, I also think maybe we hear it a slightly different way. And again, I'm just, this is the way I have heard it. Maybe this is true to your experience and maybe not. I think the other way we hear it, not just like Jesus is the way to my mansion in glory, but another way that we hear it is, is kind of Jesus saying, my way or the highway. Right? My way or the highway. In, in, in the kind of feeling like, like in, a, in, a, in a sort of long horn that we honk, as we fly by all those other suckers stuck in traffic, right? Like, Jesus is the way, and no one comes to the Father except through me. We're like, honk, honk, right? See you suckers later. <laughs> I found the right track, right? And I, I know, you know, none of us will probably admit uh, to thinking that, but I do think at times when we hear it, that's the way it sounds. And, and I, I want to suggest both of those elements are there. Right? They're clearly there. Jesus is clearly giving his disciples uh, a future hope right, of, of, of something made right, where things have gone wrong and are broken. He's, he's clearly giving them a, uh, you know, mansion maybe takes us in the wrong direction, but, but he gives them a hope of, of preparing a place, like th- this is going somewhere. And he, he's clearly making a claim to exclusivity, right, that there is something unique about who he is and what he reveals to us. But, but I think when we just sort of stop there, right, that, that when, when, when that is kind of all that we hear, I, I don't know about you, but w- when I hear that, I think, man, that doesn't necessarily sound like good news, like the gospel. In fact, it, in, in some cases, in some instances, it sounds like bad news for many people, uh, or uh, like even in our own lives, kind of less than good news. But, but I think that when we start with the context of how perhaps the disciples were feeling, as John makes clear to us in this conversation, uncertain uh, out of out of depth, right? That when we start there, uh, that that we hear the words, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." We hear them. I think maybe a little differently. We, we hear them. I want to suggest to you, we hear them maybe in, in, in two ways this morning. First, as a word of comfort, right? That to hear Jesus say, "I'm the." I'm the way, the truth, and the life, is, is first a word of comfort to disciples who are woefully, again, just having a hard time, right? The disciples who, uh, interestingly, like the immediate context, right? So Jesus has washed feet. He's, he's been like an example, set an example for you. They're like, whoa, 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 buddy. You know, Peter and others, like, you're not going to wash my feet? Whoa, right? Just like, nope, you're missing the point, right? You're, you're, you're not sort of seeing what I'm trying to convey to you. So there's that sort of disruption. There, Jesus, all this language now about things changing and leaving and all this stuff, like what is going on? And then immediately prior uh, to what Jesus says in, in our reading this morning, uh, he predicts that Judas will betray him and that Peter will deny him. And immediately after, 
acknowledging Peter, right? Man, I know you think you are doing great, but it's going to go, things are going to go very sideways in your life very soon. That right on the heels of that, Jesus says to him, don't be troubled. Believe in God. You believe in God. Believe also in me. I'm the way, the truth, the life. And, and when we hear it that way, I think what, what we hear is a word of comfort to disciples who are confused and overwhelmed and perhaps overrun with the circumstances of their life, probably circumstances you yourself may carry with you at times or even now. And even in that moment, right, the language of like mansions, it's, we, we kind of focus on the place, right? So he's predicted Judas, he's predicted Peter, he's telling them like, oh man, you know, things are Things are going to get away from you. They're unraveling. I know this about you. I know this about you. And says to them, uh, don't be troubled. Don't be anxious, right? And says, I'm going to prepare a place. And we, we kind of focus on them. We have mansions. We're like, sweet. Uh, but the emphasis there is, is less on the place and more on the, the person, the presence of the person who will be there and who will, who will take them there. Right? He doesn't just say, I'm going to go prepare a place for you in those first couple of verses. Good luck finding the way, right? Like, you, you know, the, you, he says, you know the way, the place where I'm going, kind of cut them loose. All right, so I've given you all the instruction you need. You've been with me. All right, this, this is kind of the next phase. Hopefully, hopefully, I'll see you there, right? That's not what he says. What, what does he say? If we could put the verse back up, what does he say in those first few verses? He tells them that I will come back, right? I'm going to prepare a place for you in verse three, and I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be with me where I am. The emphasis there, again, is not on the place. It's on the presence of the one who will be there with you and who, like a good shepherd, which we saw last week, will walk with you all along the way because he himself is the way. I, I, um, I have the Nakis to thank. Some of you know them, members of our church here. And uh, they, at Christmas time, they, they put a novel in my hands that I'd been meaning to read for some time, you know, uh, an unnecessary aside, I checked out a digital copy from the library, and uh, as you do, right? Uh, but the little green sort of loading circle never went away, right? And I tried to read around it and through it and over it, and you'd be surprised how far I made it, but eventually I quit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I, I, it was on my radar, but the Nakis put the physical book in my hand, for which I'm very thankful. And uh, it's, it's a series of books, the Gilead series, a series of four books by an author named Marilyn Robinson. And uh, the second book in that series, so they, they, they set several decades ago and uh, rural Iowa, a couple of pastors, uh, small, small town, rural Iowa, and sort of the dynamics of their family about home and relationships and, and family. And the second book actually is called Home. And it's the story of a Presbyterian minister uh, at the, kind of the last days of his life. Uh, his wife had passed away and uh, his adult children uh, are, are returning home. It's the story of a couple of those adult children. Uh, one, a daughter who's, you know, in her late 30s, and then a son who the family hasn't seen in 20 years whose life has gone sideways, right? And, uh, so it's the dynamics of those relationships, what's it mean to be a family, to, uh, to, to find your way home sort of in, in, in that space. And uh, <laughs> again, it's, it's been a, a really sort of moving read, but there's a, a section of this moment I want to share with you. So uh, the, the daughter is home and this wayward son has, has returned, like he's, he's shown up. And again, they haven't seen him in 20 years. And so you can imagine the relational dynamics. Uh, perhaps we don't have to imagine them. They are things we know and have felt. 
Uh, but, but this is, so there's been tension and conflict as, as this father, daughter, and son try to like navigate 20 years of, of feeling and emotion and hope and all these things. And uh, so there'd been some tension and conflict, but there'd been sort of a positive turn. And this is what uh, she writes, again, through the lens of, of the daughter. I think I have it here. Uh, she's like, how do you announce, how to announce the return of comfort and well-being except by cooking something fragrant? That is what her mother always did. After every calamity of any significance, she would fill the atmosphere of the house with the smell of cinnamon rolls. Now you know why I like the book so much. I thought I was addicted to sugar and cinnamon, but turns out there's something deeply theological about my addiction to cinnamon rolls. And she goes, she lists some other foods. Those aren't important, right? Um, but then she, she goes on, she says, and this is what that smell would mean, that my mother was cooking uh, on the other side of a conflict. This is what it would mean. This house has a soul that loves us all, no matter what. This house has a soul that loves us all, no matter what. See, we think it's about the place. We hear Jesus say, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and we think it's about the place. And when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, what he's telling you and, and us and them is it's not about the place, it's about the person. It's about who resides in that place, someone, someone, a soul who loves us all no matter what. The grace of God that we find waiting for us and joining us along the way. Again, we think it's about the place, like mansions, but it's about the presence of the one who loves us and gave himself for us. This, 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 I think, is where Jesus invites us so that when we hear him say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, it's, 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 it's a word of, of comfort to us. It's what the cross will, will events, I think, for us as he moves in these next just few short hours that, that, that we are in the presence of one who loves us no matter what. While we are still in our sins, we'll give his, uh, lay down his life for us. So, so maybe... Maybe you're here this morning, right? How do we hear this as a word of comfort? You, me, I don't know what you carry, right? If we use Marilyn Robinson as an example, maybe the dynamics in your life around the table are broken and there, there are aches and pains you bring into that space, relationships that, that you, you carry and, uh, and damage there and, and you're trying to live into that space as a disciple and you feel out of your depth and overwhelmed and uncertain of sort of how to proceed. Like what, what does it mean to hear Jesus say there to you, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not yours to carry. Right? Maybe you're here as a disciple with the feeling of blowing it, like Peter, right? That, man, you just, it's, your life is just getting away from you. And you know, you think you know, and you're confident, you're like, man, I, you know, but it just seems to be slipping through your fingers, your kind of grip on it. Or maybe in a more innocent way, right? Maybe it's not a kind of thick-headedness. You're not like openly pushing back, but just in an innocent way. I've had conversations with many of you. You're just you're, you're full of questions. Maybe at the beginning of your walk with Jesus and things that you feel like, man, this feels like a dumb question. Everyone should know. I know everyone around me, all these other people know the answer to this. And it's still a question that you carry, much like the disciples. You just, you just don't know, and, and, and you're full of, of uncertainty and, and, and question. Right? Maybe... And maybe for you, it's in the living out of your discipleship. And you're doing the best you can, but you feel like it's kind of stalled out. And circling through the motions or, you know, what, what, what that space is like for you. What, what would it be like for you to hear Jesus 
say to you there, it's okay. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I, I'm the way, not you. Uh, I'm going and preparing a meal, a place for you, so that the fragrant, fr- fragrance of the meal that I prepare for you will, will fill the house of your life with the reminder, with the reminder for you that there was one here who loves you no matter what. A place where, where, where you're able to sort of lay down all that effort of trying to be the way or carve the way or make your way, all of that, you just lay it all, all down and remember that the heavy lifting in life Clearly in this passage, all the heavy lifting is Jesus. All the disciples bring to this conversation is confusion, uncertainty, uh, a little bit of like fickleness. You know, they're just, they're all, all over the map, right? Maybe earnest in their desire, but still just confused. And Jesus says to them, that's okay. The heavy lifting here is me. And that's grace to you and me. That's a word of comfort. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, and maybe you're here this morning, and that's, uh, I hope, a, a refreshing uh, breath to you. But, but I think we don't just hear it as a word of comfort, right? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I, I, think, I think also I want to suggest that we hear it as, a, as an invitation, right, as an, as an invitation. Uh, again, I think we, we, we read it, we hear Jesus say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And we really focus on, uh, again, the kind of like horn honk, see you later, suckers, right? Like uh, I'm, in the, I'm in the right lane, the fast lane, and <laughs> everyone else, right? Maybe that's just me, but, um, right? But, but what I hear Jesus saying here, right, what he will work to emphasize over and over again here, is, it's really a word of invitation to everyone who has wondered, man, what is God like? Right? What, God, what are you really like? You all rub shoulders. Maybe that's a question you yourself carry, right? This, you know, wherever we are, sort of the sort of spirituality spectrum, maybe we're willing to concede there's something out there, right? Like, you know, wherever we sort of are on that spectrum, like this, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, it's, 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 it's an invitation to anyone who has wrestled with the question, God, what? Are you like? I mean, that's been his aim throughout John's gospel. Over and over again, he's trying to pull these people back, the religious leaders and others. You want to know what the Father is like? You want to know what God is like? I'm telling you, we are one. When you know me and you've seen what I am like, you know what he is like. He says it in verse 7, right? You really know me. If you know me, let's look. Let me just let, I know you carry anxiety. You want to know what he's like. I, I know you kind of carry all that. You have questions and uncertainty. I know you carry all that. But in verse 7, he says, look, it's okay. Let's, let's, I, I'm inviting you to set that down and just know that you know me. You know me. And because you know me, you know the Father. I, I, uh, I sat down next to one of my daughters uh, at breakfast this week. Uh, I'll just tell you, it was Penn, and uh, Adelaide, I don't know where she was, continued getting ready before school. Penny was eating, and uh, I sat down with a bowl of cereal, and, you know, we'd been laughing and playing, I just kind of playfully said, so what's up, Penn? And uh, she looked at me and said, "Uh, how am I supposed to answer that, right? (laughs) I'll I'll tell you what happened, right, for me. I think she meant it literally, like, what, what, I I don't know, did she hear me literally? I have no idea what her eight-year-old mind was sort of processing with that abstraction, but but what I heard was like a 16-year-old version of her responding to a, a question, right, of much greater depth and significance. And all I heard her saying was like, how am I supposed to answer that? And I had a panic attack, right? Um, you guys are noticing a thread here, Hobby Lobby, Home Depot. Maybe it all runs together. But, uh, 
uh, you'll be happy to know I followed it up. So we were chatting. That was a great question. I don't know. And then I was, so then I was intrigued. Like, have you been thinking about this? Like, like do people ask you this? And she said, yeah, Mr. Perry. So uh, <laughs> I want to work on that. Uh, I, I don't know what impression you're leaving with her. But, but I, feel like, I feel like Jesus, so if, if we kind of know how the disciples feel here, Jesus, even in his grace, right, they're asking him, uh, how do we know the way? And you can, you can almost feel it. He's like, oh, how am I supposed to answer that? I've been with you these three years. Just trust. You know me. You know me. You've seen the way I respond to people who are hurting and broken. You've seen the way I respond to people others have cast off. You, you know me. Trust that because you know me, you know the Father. You know what he is like you know what he's like it gets explicit in the context we didn't read it but Philip all right so first is Thomas we don't know the way he's like you know the way uh, then Philip says okay okay just show us the father right just show us the father we'll be good I mean, how many times have we expressed that kind of sentiment just just give me right uh, just, uh, right Jesus ah oh, Philip even after I've been with you all this long time know right that anyone who has seen me has seen the father Right? It's been the through line in John's gospel. Jesus is here to reveal to you and to me, to make known to you what God is like. And when we hear him say, I am the way, the truth, and the life, it's, of course, it's exclusive, right? He's saying, like, I'm showing you something unique, but it's an invitation to anyone who's ever had a question, and maybe you, what is God like? Jesus says, you want to know what he's like? Look at me. Look at me. And amazingly, right, amazingly to this fumbling sort of uh, wandering group of disciples, right, he, he says to them, he says to them, not only am I like uh, coming to comfort you, but, but I am an invitation for you to know what the Father is like. And in fact, on the other side of the resurrection, we didn't read all this, but on the other side of the resurrection, he says, I'm going to continue this work. I'm going to make my Father known through you as well. It's a word of invitation and a word of uh, comfort to you this morning. We're going to take communion together here in just a moment as uh, we wrap up. Uh, but I, I want to, uh, I, I just want to ask you, right? You, you can come on. I, I just want to ask you, um, you know, maybe where are you in, in those feelings, right? Feeling the feels of discipleship. Maybe at the beginning, maybe you've been on this road for a long time and still... Uh, you can identify with the questions and the feelings of the disciples here. Maybe what you need is a word of comfort or invitation. Maybe over the last year you have wondered, God, I thought I knew what you were like. I thought I knew what you were like. What, God, what, what, what are you like? Here in, in this declaration from Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you've seen me, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father, and you know what he is like. That when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he's, he's comforting you and me in our fear and in our confusion, in our, again, woeful ineptitude at times, right? He's comforting you and me, and he's inviting us to see God more clearly. I, uh, I think it's interesting uh, before we pray that this conversation uh, in John's gospel is sandwiched between two meals. It's sandwiched between two meals. I don't suppose it works if you have to, like, uh, say it. So. Right, it starts with the Last Supper. 
right? A meal together, a meal in which Jesus is going to remind them who he is, that there was someone around the table who loves them no matter what. It starts with a meal. Then we get all this chat, all this conversation, all this confusion, all this brokenness, all this denial. We get all this stuff. We get cross, we get resurrection, all this stuff. And then in John's gospel, it ends with a meal, with fish, a breakfast, fish, charcoal fire on the beach. Right? It's as if Jesus says to you and me, I'm going to fill the fragrance, I'm going to fill your life with the fragrance of the truth that there is a soul here that loves you no matter what. For me, it's cinnamon rolls, right? I've been searching. I didn't know, but now I know. That's why, right? Uh, For those of you who don't know, I eat them every Saturday. It's kind of a thing that we've started, right? And it's clearly an addiction, but, but it's a reminder, I think, as Jesus would tell us here in John's gospel, that even in the face of every calamity, every blunder, every clouded and confusing question that you and I might carry, God's love for you in the person of Jesus reminds us, right, this is what it means. This is a house that has a soul that loves us, that loves us. And, and we, we, we get to celebrate that meal. It's why we do communion, right? It's in one sense a reminder, right? I'm telling you, uh, you know, I need it. I need to hear again, right, that, that, that I am in the presence of the one who loves. It's an invitation to your and my confusion. God, where are you? What are you like? A comfort to my questions and, and my ineptitude, right? And I hear Jesus as he says to me, I am the way, the truth, and the life, inviting you me, inviting me into trusting. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.